1: this is a podcast from Minute Media.
2: It's Let's ride time for the words that are recited before each and every game here at Dodger Stadium.
1: Take it away, Finn. It's time
3: for Dodger Baseball.
2: What is going on, Dodger fans? Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Incline Dodgers podcast. We're partnered with Fansided. We got content on Dodgers way. Your Los Angeles Dodgers are 46 and 28. That's good for a game and a half over the San Diego Padres for the National League West lead. The Dodgers are also slight percentage points now ahead of the New York Mets for the best record in the entire National League. They're coming off a very successful road trip they went 6 and 3 although they did just drop the course field series to the Rockies 2 games to 1 but they're leaving a little high and mighty because they're coming off an 8-4 victory Well, Julio Urias had a pretty solid day he's now 6 and 6 on the season with a 2.64 ERA the Dodgers got to at one point the ace of the Rockies and Herman Marquez they scored 5 runs off him he's been bad this season we talked about that last week Freddie Freeman connected for his ninth home run. Cody Bellinger went deep for his 10th and Will Smith also went yard. He's got 12 on the season. David Rosenthal, take it away.
3: I was encouraged by today's game for sure. Uh, I think the one at bat I would like to highlight was Cody Bellinger's at bat in the second inning. I think it was 14 or 15 pitches where he ended up drawing a walk. He felled off a bunch of pitches and that led to a, I think a three run inning or something like that. Uh, that is what you need to do if you want to win b- ball games, And especially if you're a guy like Cody Bellinger or Justin Turner or Max Muncy, who are all struggling to some degree, that is how you turn the page right there. That is, you cannot ask for anything more than what Cody Bellinger did in that inning. Uh, if he can just do that occasionally, hit some home runs and play gold glove defense, that's fine with me. So that would be a successful center fielder in my book. So sucks to drop the first two to the Rockies. Uh, again, it is at Coors Field, so take it with a grain of salt, but encouraged by today's game for sure. Uh, I thought Arias pitched really well. I, I, I still don't get why Gratterall is, is brought in on these situations with runners on. I don't think he's the best option there. Uh, so that's why Arias, you'll see three earned runs when he, he left the game, only giving up one. But again, another solid outing from him i have one problem with what you just said you said it's core field course field
2: take it with a grain of salt well in that first game chad cool threw a complete game shutout
3: you know a... well that's my point though i'm not saying take it with a grain of salt because of the offense i'm saying take it with a grain of salt because weird shit happens at course field the field itself is weird you never know what's going to happen and the rockies you never know what you're going to get when they're at home but yeah that was he chad cool dicked the Dodgers down pretty good <laughs>
2: Yeah, that's the first time someone's thrown a complete game shutout since Stephen Wright did it back in 2016. And there's only been a very small few amount, few amount of complete game shutouts thrown at course field. So Chad Cool enters the record book. Jake Reiner, welcome to the show. We've been trying to record this podcast all day. So rant away.
1: And I'm, we're not even going to get into why. Anyway, so. so Overall, I thought this was a really successful road trip when you consider how just mentally draining it was. The Freddie Freeman return to Atlanta, oh, all of that, all brutal. of what came with that, which I'm sure Not we'll get that. into. Yep. Um, the Dodgers dropping two of three to Colorado. I mean, there was a, there were a lot of setbacks in on this road trip and they still finished six and three. So I think you'll take that every time. They still have a game and a half lead in the NL West over the Padres because the Padres have slipped a little bit. So that's great. But specifically about tonight's game, I think Eddie Alvarez deserves a lot of flowers for this game. I think that he stepped up in a big way, not only offensively, he drove in two runs, but that play, that double play that he started in the first inning to get out of that inning and not allow the Rockies to score there in the first inning was huge. The, the, the play that he made at third was great. Gavin Lux had the great pick at second and the, and the lightning quick turn. I've noticed that about him. He's got a really quick turn at second yeah. base, which is, which is awesome to watch. Um, and he's turned himself into a really, really nice second baseman. But that play was huge. And I thought that Eddie Alvarez, I'm really happy for him because we've been waiting for a, a good game like that from him.
2: Yeah, Eddie Alvarez now hitting 160 on the season with a 314 OPS. So, it can only All right, go Kevin. up from here. <laughs> All right, Kevin. I don't have much else to add with this course field series. It was kind of boring for the most part. Where the real drama and the excitement was was back in Atlanta. So, let's just go there. The Dodgers ended up winning that series. Got to talk about this. The Dodgers won that series. They won the first game, Freddie Freeman, Well, we'll just start before the game, I guess, because Freddie Freeman gave a press conference to the media and I don't know if he was at a funeral because that's what it looked like. There were a lot of tears. Freddie Freeman got very emotional, choked up a lot, a lot. Some people had issues with it. One being David Vasse, who just kept running his mouth. We might get into that right now. I am on the side that I hear where Freddie Freeman is coming from and we'll get into those details in just a second but I will be silent for a second. Cause I think you guys had also opinions on this press conference.
3: So I was okay with the press conference. I mean, I get that it's an emotional time. So you want to cry, cry. I get it. You were there for 12 or 13 or 14 years. That was your whole, you, you were, you grew up there. You were a part of the city, the franchise. That's cool. And then you get to the game and we're still crying. And then you get to the next day and we're still crying and there's just a lot of crying going on. So again, I'm cool with it. Everybody, you know, especially, you know, people who were on teams for a very long period of time will, will get emotional. But I think for me, it, it was time to move on. You know, it got to the point in that series when it was like, okay, we get it. It's time. It's time to move on. We Freddie, it's over. It's over, dude. It's over. So, again, I, he's, he's, everyone's going to react to their own, to, to their own shit differently. So, I'm not, I'm not hating on him. Uh, but for me as a viewer, I was kind of over it by the second game.
1: As a as a Dodgers fan, well, first of all, let me just say, I think I, I agreed with David Vassay's original take about how it kind of was just a little bit over the top for my taste. But much like we wanted Freddie Freeman to kind of drop it, I felt like David Vassay should have dropped it as well. And he just kept on talking about it. So I, I, I didn't love that. But what I did agree with was... Yes, it was over the top. I mean, it just was. Um, I've never seen anything like that. It was unprecedented. <laughs> yeah. Literally, have never seen. And and we've seen a lot of reunions before, and none this emotional. Um, and it's weird too because he saw that. Ready Freeman signed with his hometown team, and you think about all the athletes that you know want to eventually come home, and like a lot of them really do try to get back to where they where it all started. And for him to finally do that and then show his emotions the way he did in Atlanta and how much he missed the Braves, it's the most bizarre thing I've ever seen. Um, and I think, uh, I really what I really liked was uh Kershaw's quote to the Atlanta Journal Constitution, basically saying that he understands that uh, you know, he's Freddie is beloved in uh, in Atlanta and, and all of that's great, but basically, I I hope we're not second fiddle. I hope that he buys in and um, we've welcomed him with open arms. As someone brought up the other day, I, I heard on like Dodger talk or someone, something like that. They were chanting Freddy, Freddie, Freddie at Dodger stadium. So like this fan base embraced him, you know, wanted to love him. And I think still does. Um, but yeah, that was, that was weird as, as a, as a Dodgers fan watching that it was, it was very bizarre.
3: Wasn't the Atlanta Journal-Constitution the newspaper that did that hit job on Richard Jewell and ruined that guy's life?
1: Yes, that was the same newspaper. Huh. All right.
3: Good to know.
2: Yeah. Well, it gets even weirder because you guys can go into the, the real drama because this is becoming an episode of The Real Housewives of yeah, Beverly Hills. Yeah, this is where it the, gets weird. But where it's kind of confusing, though, is they quoted Freddie or something along the lines that he spoke to a lot of people close to him in Atlanta he didn't like the way his agent handled the whole off season it was already reported that the Braves had thrown out a 5 year 135 million dollar deal then a 5 year 140 million dollar deal and then potentially a 6 year 160 million dollar deal and for whatever reason on that 6 year one they gave him like an hour to decide Somehow there was some miscommunication between Freddie Freeman and his agency. And so they got Matt Olson an hour later, but I don't know why um, you guys can go to the AM 570 guy or Fox sports, whatever. Doug, Doug Gottlieb. Yes.
3: Yeah. So I, I mean, I have it up. So basically today uh, you know, obviously Freddie Freeman fired his agent. Uh, he, I guess found out something new or didn't find out something new, or just didn't the emotion just brought it up that he was tired of this agent. So today uh, Doug Gottlieb tweeted Casey close, who is Freddie Freeman's former agent, never told Freddie Freeman about the Braves final offer. That is why Freeman fired him. He found out in Atlanta this weekend. It isn't that rare to have happened in MLB, but it happened close. The agent knew Freddie would have taken the ATL deal. I I call bullshit because one, when has Doug Gottlieb ever reported anything baseball related or frankly, basketball related, which is his, his bread and butter. So again, I think this is just Doug Gottlieb trying to get people to listen to the Doug Gottlieb show. The agency came out with a statement saying uh, everything Doug Gottlieb said is inherently false. And we're like going to pursue legal action, So I, I, the second I saw it, I was like, this is, this is not true, but Hey, it is what it is. Frankly, I'm just over this entire saga. Let's get him back to LA. It's over, Freddie. It's over. You're a Dodger.
1: Well, and also I just, I just wanted to clarify too, that um, later on, Freddie said that he had a conversation with Clayton Kershaw. They smooth things over. So they're cool now um Freddie Freeman uh his his play hasn't hurt him I mean like none of none of what has gone on externally has hurt his play and actually came up with a huge hit in the Atlanta series had a home run tonight um it looked like from a few shots in the dugout Justin Turner kind of going over to him and uh you know having fun and you know I I I don't know. It's weird drama. It's weird drama to have surrounding this team because we're not really used to seeing this type of drama surround the Dodgers. Dave Roberts is kind of known for kind of keeping the status quo and making sure that even when Puig was there, I mean, Dom Mattingly had no idea how to handle Puig, but Dave Roberts kind of did and kind of, you know, uh, was able to
3: make Puig
1: a palatable teammate for the rest of his Dodgers career.
3: You know what they uh, need to do? Well, you know what they need to do is lean into this. They need to start making a joke out of all this. They should be clowning on Freddie for crying. He should be in on it. You know what the White Sox did when Eloy Jimenez got hurt last year? They brought out his jersey and pretended that he died. That's what they need to do with this situation. <laughs> you know, obviously it was a, a, an emotional moment for Freddie, but now that it's over, it's time, to, it's time to move on. And two, they should make light of it. Take the power out of the drama. Keep it moving.
1: Yeah, come up with a couple of t-shirt ideas and wear it during batting practice and there you go. Freeman's Waterworks. Well, yeah, I
2: mean <laughs> 2016 they did send Puig down to AAA, so I think he got the memo after that.
1: Right, but but Roberts handled that. You know, yeah. he was like you you're not uh, you're not stepping on this te- you're not getting in the way of this team. So you're you're going to take responsibility for your actions and I think that however Dave handles this, we'll see. What happens to the clubhouse? I don't think anything will happen to this clubhouse. Oh, no, they'll be fine. But it is weird because they asked Freddie Freeman
2: his thoughts on the the Doug tweet, and he declined to comment. So I think there's a little truth behind what Doug is saying, although I don't think he has real sources. But like, why why do you turn down a five-year 135 million if you really wanted to go back to Atlanta? It doesn't really make a whole lot of sense to me.
3: You know, I don't think he... Didn't comment because it's necessarily true. I think if he starts to comment on that, it just drags on and on. And then he has to talk about the agent he just fired and it's a whole thing. So I think you can abstain from commenting for a lot of reasons in that situation. Yeah, I mean,
2: the agent got him the contract. So clearly something went wrong in the offseason.
3: That he found out. I mean, I think it's just the emotions were brought back, and he, you know, maybe felt rushed in the process or hurt that the agent wasn't able to make it work or something. But who cares? It's so over. Let's just get this over with. Well, you know? it's, it's going to be.
1: I mean, if the Dodgers and the Braves make it to the NLCS again,
3: no, no he get totally he got out. his pass. He got his pass for the weekend. Okay, he can cry know, for man. three days. I'm a, any future crying. <laughs> I am not okay with this is over.
1: <laughs> no, he had crying, his no crying
3: policy. No, no, no. He had his weekend. There's no crying in baseball anymore. You had three full days and a press conference and a Doug Gottlieb tweet and all this shit. It's over, Freddie. He's,
2: he's probably still in the Braves chat. Let's be real.
3: Who cares? The I don't he care. He found
2: out Albies was hurt. He called him like instantly. They said,
3: I mean, that's fine. He's still going to, you know, he's like the nicest guy ever. Uh, yeah. Maybe a little too nice. He's always been. yeah, he's always been that which is why I said when they signed him, we need some, we need to sign an asshole. And they didn't The we final that already. The yeah, final, we that.
2: final game of that series was pretty epic though. The Dodgers were trailing three, nothing for the most part. Um, or was it two, nothing? Sorry. It was two, nothing for the most part. Kenley Jansen came in in the ninth to try to close it out. He got it down to two outs, two strikes. Gavin Lux was able to single to reach base and then Chris Taylor came up. He singled as well, got Lux to third. Then Taylor stole a base because that's what you can do on Kenley Jansen. You can steal bases.
3: Dodgers thankfully knew that. Trace Thompson. We finally came. get
1: the benefit from that.
3: Yep. yep. <laughs> he he Tra- sent every single runner who was on first base. He just as told green light should go be running all day. And, and we were poetry. finally, I think we were poetry. just
1: excited we could do it now. Yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> Trace Thompson comes up. Again, with two outs, two strikes, the unsung hero barely hits a single over Matt Olson's glove, scores the two runs. We got a time. He ball thought he game. popped it up. Didn't even yeah, see he, it. Yeah, he didn't know where it went. Eventually, the Dodgers would take the lead in extra innings thanks to Freddie Freeman. But then C- Craig Kimbrell came in in the bottom of the tenth. Hard to hold a, a one-run, a, a one-run lead with the ghost runner. So I understand. Yep. And then finally, the Dodgers just took care of business. They won that game five to three. One of their most big statement wins of the season. It was huge. Unfortunately, about a day later, Kenley Jansen was placed on the IL with an irregular heartbeat a, a situation that's been plaguing his career for a number of years now. He had surgery, I believe, two or three years ago to try to correct that issue. So I'm surprised it came up again. So best wishes to Kenley. Never want to see... Something like that go down.
3: Yeah, it's unfortunate. Uh, you know, you still still have love for Kenley Jansen and hope everything works out for him.
2: That's all. That's all I got in that Brave series. We knew Max Fried was going to dominate that. Honestly, no surprise there. Just no answer yeah, for him.
1: That was the that was the game I thought we'd lose anyway. But you know the, what? I, go ahead. No, no, go ahead.
3: I was just going to say. They didn't really move me that much in that series. They're a good team. They have a really deep lineup and the solid Braves. pitching. Yes, the Braves. They, they got a really deep lineup and, and a good pitching staff, but they didn't really move me that much. They they looked very beatable to me in, in terms of a, a, a playoff series. Um, yes, Acuna you know, wasn't really there uh, or contributing that much. Uh, did he even play? I forget. He hurt yes. his thumb, didn't he, or something? Yeah, foot. I don't think he. I don't think he played or in that foot. series, did
2: he? No, oh, he definitely played. He fouled a ball off his foot, and he missed the last game.
3: Okay, yeah. So he hasn't really been a factor, which probably won't stay too long. But that team doesn't scare me, man. That's the
1: situation every year. But the
3: Dodgers beat themselves. They scare me. They scare me. They they they
1: they've got that 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 voodoo magic that the Giants have. We saw it in the we saw it in the
3: NLCS. That's last year. What happened to them and what happened to them against the Dodgers in the playoffs every year before last year? I know, I know, but they're there. I mean, the
1: Dodgers had to come back from three, one in 2020. So they did the, the one other thing I wanted to say about the brave series, which was kind of interesting is that you had all the Freddie Freeman drama. Then you couple that with the fact that the Dodgers didn't really play great baseball. Let's be honest throughout that series and still managed to win two out of those three games. Um, I'm really liking what I'm seeing from Trace Thompson. He's had a lot of really great at bats, a couple of clutch hits. We haven't talked about the Cincinnati series. The Dodgers kind of boat race them, but we should talk about that. I mean, but not in depth. Last, um,
3: last episode, I think. Yeah. Yep. Yeah.
1: Oh, we did. Yeah. Yes. Okay, cool. Um, <laughs> but Trace Thompson, you know, coming up with a, with a couple of huge hits and also Jake lamb just came to the team. Like finally. what I've seen from him. Literally like. finally, dude. Yeah, finally. Finally, he's on the club. Um, And this bench is looking a little better than it did
3: a few weeks ago. How about a be- better than it did last year, too? Yeah. Well, I mean, Alberto, last year was Alberto not going also there No, no, no. Alberto, so, first we had Albert Pujols. Season. Albert Pujols beats anyone on the bench right now. I think you're forgetting who else we had besides Albert Pujols last year, man. It was well, brutal, dude. It was, And this year brutal. hasn't been? Well, I'm saying Alberto, I'm saying recently with, with Trace Thompson and today's one game of Jake Lamb, (laughs) Yes, what I think it's better.
2: I'm high on Jake Lamb. Thank God they called him up, (laughs) scored two runs in his first start. He's already batting 500. I actually think he's going to be a big factor down the line, assuming he stays healthy. So I do think he's going to be like the left-handed version of pool holes for us. So Mm -hmm. I am high on that. McKinstry to go on the IL, no clue how long he'll be out. And then Stefan Romero, who I don't even know if he recorded a bat with the Dodgers. They DFA'd him a couple of days ago to let Alberto. return. That. that.
1: Um, but the, yes, a couple other things, uh, Bellinger, we already talked about, but I, uh, but he's looking a little bit better. Muncie, um, swinging the bat a little bit better in that Colorado series. So that's a little, that's a little encouraging to see. Um, he, he really crushed one, uh, in, I believe in game two, right? Like he, he got a hold of one. So, you know, those are encouraging signs, but I mean, this offense is so inconsistent. It just is. It's just, you never know what you're going to get. You never, I mean, you know what you're going to get from basically Trey Turner, Freddie Freeman and Gavin Lux and Will Smith to be honest, but the rest of that lineup, you just don't know what you're going to get from them. Yeah, you know who else was on the bench
2: last year, David? Gavin Lux. So, take that.
3: Well, this this year of Gavin <laughs> Lux is he's one. I Luke
1: Rayleigh, Sheldon Noisy, Dieters. eaters.
3: eaters that, no, Souza, Souza. There's more too. We're forgetting Billy McKinney. They used more guys
2: because they had more injuries this season. Stefan Romero.
3: And okay, then- well, that doesn't even count. First of <laughs> yeah, all, he's not even a. Mc- he's come on. Not even Mc- put a
1: uniform
2: on. McKinstry yeah. McKindry and his, like, 160 average. Eddie Alvarez and his 160 average.
1: McKinstry's, McK- b- McKinstry's played five minutes.
3: Not my problem. Andy
1: has a two-run homer. That's more than Billy McKinney ever did.
3: Andy Burns last year. Come on. Burns was okay. Andy Burns. <laughs>
2: They needed guys because they had to have pinch hitters. This season, uh, it's a little different. There's a DH, more luxury. Is,
1: is Edwin Rios making a return this year? I think so. Slated to so. return in late August or September. This bench is going to, I think this bench is going to come together. It's it's looking, it should. it's looking up.
3: It can't get worse. I mean, my I God. I just I just want Mookie Betts and Blake Trinan back. Just give me that, man. All right. We get those two guys, we're, we're in business. Enough oh, of this nonsense. Here's a, wait, here's a here's a question. I
1: don't know if we want to talk about it right now, but it's an interesting one. What do you do when Mookie comes back with the with the order? I mean, Trey is just lighting it up in the leadoff spot.
3: Yeah, he is. You know, I mean, they're you gonna can't put, ignore that. They're gonna ignore it. You, they can and they will ignore that. That's what's gonna happen. Whether that should happen or not is a debate. I'd but... like
1: to see. I'd like. I mean, I know that we tried this. Already, but I'd like to see Mookie Betts hit third. Second. I'd like to see it.
3: Second. You second hit him second. You put Turner first, Betts second, Freeman third, Smith fourth. That's they're not gonna do that. I know, but that's what I would do. What do you think, Evan? He's Are on we on forgetting the Mookie, Mookie,
2: Mookie Betts leadoff. had yeah. 17 home runs in a crazy WRC plus before he went down. The offense was rolling when Mookie was rolling. Trey Turner was doing just fine batting third. I'm not going to be enamored by a couple hot weeks because he played in Colorado and Cincinnati. Let's see let's see what happens against this Padre series. Maybe I'll change my mind then when they're actually playing tougher teams. Let's talk about June. Months basically over, one more game, but Dodgers are 13 and 12 in the month of June. Not the best, but a couple of standouts. Gavin Lux slash 354 with a 402 on base, 494 slugging. Had 28 hits this month. Trey Turner was pretty hot. 327 batting average, 905 OPS, six home runs, 15 RBIs. Freddie Freeman, red hot, 317 batting average, 383 on base, five home runs, 18 RBIs. And then Will Smith making that case to be an all-star catcher. 304, 937 OPS, seven home runs to lead the team, 14 RBIs. And then some guys that really struggled. Cody Bellinger, despite having five home runs, hit around 200, Justin Turner, the same, and Max Muncy, all of them hitting slightly below or at
3: 200. Yeah, I mean, uh, Trey Turner, Freddie Freeman, Gavin Lux, and Will Smith have been carrying the dead carcasses of the rest of the lineup on their backs. (laughs) They have been dragging their dead bodies throughout the month of June. (laughs) Literally, it's been brutal to watch from the rest of the lineup. But those four guys deserve credit for literally shouldering the load of once great players. At Steph
2: Cook720 on Twitter says the real question is: at one point do you think the team finally accepts defeat with Max Muncy and Justin Turner?
3: That's a good question. Sounds well, like what does Justin- that what does
1: that mean? Does that mean taking them out of the lineup or moving them down in the order?
2: Well, I think with Justin Turner, they just interviewed Dave Roberts like two days ago about that. And he said, he said he has no intention of moving Justin Turner down.
3: Yeah.
1: He likes him in that spot. It's basically what he said.
3: Yeah. Max in, just, in just, just real quick in Justin Turner's defense, the last seven days he's hitting 273. Uh, you know, no power, but he is six for 22 with three RBIs. So if he can just, get a couple hits here and there a lot you know, of automatic think, out. Exactly. If you can just get on base occasionally, then that's fine. But I don't know what, what they're going to do with Max Muncy because it's brutal. It's brutal. I don't even have analysis for it. That's all I can say about it. Yeah, he is slightly better after coming off the IL, but it's really not that much. As for the question, like, I I don't think they're going to give up on Justin Turner at all, ever. Uh, Muncie, on the other hand, like, if this continues and they get a couple guys back, they get Mookie Betts back, and then Jake Lamb and Trace Thompson are still hitting well, then you might see Max Muncie on on the bench more often than you are now. I think you have to. At a certain point, you're going to have to. I disagree. I think it's more likely they bench
2: Justin Turner before Max Muncy, because at least with Muncy, you have the home run potential and the better on-base drawing walks. With Justin Turner, there's no power, occasional singles, sack flies. But I think given his age and he doesn't have the versatility, he's either the third base or the DH. Unlike Muncy, who can play all around the diamond, you'll see Justin Turner have to share
3: more of the load with other guys. What should happen is they should be sharing the load with each other, you know. They should have and, and one Bellinger, spot. And Bellinger should be helping out too. Yeah. No. When 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 Betts comes back, and if Lamb and 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 uh, Thompson are still, you know, contributing the way they are, what should happen is Muncy and Turner share one spot. That's what should happen. Whether and it's third base them. or DH, yeah, you platoon them.
2: How do you platoon them though? If Justin Turner's reverse splits and Max Muncie is kind of the
3: same thing too. Well, you don't have to necessarily do it righty-lefty. You just platoon them.
2: I I don't know what that means.
3: Like you don't you don't start either of them every day. You just one guy. You know you like the matchup with Muncie, you go with Muncie. The next day you might like the matchup with Turner.
2: How are they gonna ever figure that out though? That just doesn't seem
3: possible. I believe like, in them. They hey, can figure it's, it out.
2: it's Max Scherzer. So JT or Muncie, uh, I guess we'll go with Muncie today.
3: <laughs> yeah. Well, I much. mean, You got to
1: look at what, how they face Max Scherzer and what, you, you know, go
2: off BVP. It's way
3: too small of a sample size. If it's like two for six. Well, it, it factors into what the, what Jake Lamb and, and Thompson and whoever else is playing well has done against those people, how they're playing lately, all that kind of stuff. It's doable. I don't think it's going to happen. I think they're both going to play pretty much every day, just for the foreseeable future. But I think it's it could get to the point where they're in some sort of platoon. How about some pitchers?
2: Tony Gonson with a phenomenal month of June. He went four and zero with a one twenty four ERA, held his opposition to a one forty one batting average over five starts. He's
1: carrying the staff.
2: Yes, sure. he is. Julio Urias was fantastic as well. He went three and one with a 220 ERA, led the team with 34 strikeouts. And of course, he won the game most recently. And then Evan Phillips did not allow a single earned run, at least right now, in the month of June.
3: He's so good. He He's good. literally so disgusting. One of the nastiest sliders I've seen. So also worth mentioning real quick, we did lose
2: Daniel Hudson in the Atlanta series to a torn ACL. That was so brutal. So that did lead to a couple listener questions. One of them coming from Ryan at catch the blues on Twitter. He would like to know if there's any relief pitchers that the Dodgers should target. And I'll add a question on top of his question. One, do the Dodgers need to add a reliever? I'll go first. I still think the answer is Yes. I'm not really sure if Bruce Gradroll is that guy. He's good some days and some days he's not. Um, Reyes Maranta has been good so far, but regression could obviously strike him at any point. And then Phil Bickford has not been the same pitcher as well. And then as good as Yency Almonte has been, one injury to one of these guys and all of a sudden this Dodgers bullpen is looking very thin. So for me, I have a few targets who I think the Dodgers should pursue Number one for me is David Robertson of the Chicago Cubs has been absolutely killing it. 186 ERA, 39 strikeouts, over 29 innings pitched. You look at his baseball savant page, he's in the 95th percentile and whiff percentage. He has a fastball spin, 99th percentile spin rate, so that's basically the best. Hard hit rate, average exit velocity, expected WOBA, also all just high reds. High 80s, X slug, same. I think given that he's an expiring contract, the Dodgers could get him pretty cheaply. And there's some other guys on the Cubs I like as well. Uh other random names that I thought came to Wait, mind. Before
1: you before you go to the other names I, for about Robertson, I just feel like he is he is kind of a perfect fit because he's got experience setting up, he's got experience closing. So if Craig Kimbrell continues to not be good or be shaky as he is that's an easy fix right there um but if kimbrough figures it out you slide him right into that daniel hudson role the setup man and that works as well so i i really i really love that going after him
2: yeah he's been on a lot of big market teams too so he shouldn't be like shocked by the lights i mean he pitched for the yankees the phillies the cubs sign me up uh other name that randomly came to mind ken giles is back uh, he's only pitched three innings because he just came back from his Tommy John surgery, but with the Mariners kind of falling apart, maybe they're willing to deal him for a prospect. So I wouldn't mind him. And then if the white Sox continue to suck, cause they've been a big disappointment, I'll take Kendall
1: Graven. I think he'd be an excellent setup role too. And he's kind of fallen off a little bit this year, but I think that in the, you know, with Mark Pryor and all those guys I think they can find what what he once had. And he was a pretty dominant reliever
3: over the past few years. Yeah. So to to answer the question, no, I don't think the Dodgers need to trade for a reliever. I think they need to trade for at least two relievers. Uh, I was going to say, what? Yeah. Two
2: relievers?
3: Yes. They need two relievers. With Uh, Dustin
2: May coming back?
3: Yes. We don't know what half of these guys coming back from an injury are going to be like. We can't trust it. We don't know what Dustin May is going to be like. We don't know if they're going to use him in the bullpen. We don't know what Blake Trinan going to be like when he comes back. Victor Gonzalez, Caleb Ferguson, any of these guys, Kimbrell has been shaky at best. Let's call it for what it is. He's been shaky at best. Daniel Hudson was the most consistent reliever. Uh, Evan Phillips now slides into that role. They don't have a lot of guys after that. I mean, like Kevin said, Bruce Dark Gratterall, we don't know what we're going to get from him. It's basically Phillips and what? Amonte. Amonte. Yeah, that's about it. Vessi has been kind of shaky. Uh, everybody's been kind of shaky. So yes, they need to trade for at least two relievers. uh, And I'm not even going to attempt to guess who they are because what Andrew Friedman does well is identify pitchers. That is his, that is his strong suit. He plucked Evan Phillips out of Tampa Bay when nobody knew who the hell he was. uh, And now he's like our best reliever on the team. So one, one name I will squash off the list is pirates closer, David Bednar. He has about five years left on team control. The Pirates are going to ask for the rights to Dodger Stadium and every prospect the Dodgers have to get him. They're not going to do that. I would love that, although he threw like 80 pitches against (laughs) us that one game. We've been uh, doing that all season with him. uh, We don't need another injury here, but they're going to trade for at least one. I would hope they trade for two. I have no idea who they're going to be, but I trust Andrew Friedman. I
2: think they're going to go with some in-house guys. we got Dylan Patances now thrown down in AAA. Carson Fulmer's been solid. So that's two right there. Uh, DuPlancher, I don't really know the status of him, but I know they signed him in the offseason. So they got some guys they can mix in there without really
3: effing up the 40-man roster. I, and I think you're right. I think they'll give those guys a shot uh, prior to the trade deadline to see what they really have there. I think you can't have enough.
2: You just can't. Well, that's the other issue, though. Do the Dodgers need to get a starting pitcher? Because they have been rumored and linked to Luis Castillo and Frankie Montas by numerous sources. Hector Gomez is one. Um, And then the Vegas books out of nowhere shoot up saying that the Dodgers are the favorite to trade for Montas.
1: Here's my question about the starting pitching. And this is something that I wanted to pose to you guys. With the way that it looks right now, do you would you go into the playoffs with the top three starters on this team, potentially a fourth starter? So, Anderson, Gonsolin, Kershaw, and Urias. Do we feel confident riding those four to the World Series? That's Absolutely. what you got to answer.
2: I do. Yes, but there's a big but. They're a Kershaw
1: injury away from being an absolute shambles. Exactly. So, and also, not to mention the fact that Tyler Anderson could look like the guy from last year in a second. Tony Gonsolin, you know. So, and you don't know if Walker Bueller's going to come back. I think they have and options, he's, and he wasn't good before he went down.
3: Uh, yeah, I, I mean, if Walker Bueller comes back, and he was. If, and he was like what he was before he got hurt then that's a negative so i that's think they I got think options. you need one uh, yeah yes and no i think they got options i think they got mitch white who's good you're gonna ride with people. mitch white, mitch the white playoffs, has been really bad he has not been really bad kevin
1: he has uh, it, not been it, it's really It's relevant though it's irrelevant because are you are you trusting him to start a playoff game yes <laughs> i am after all those hanging
2: breaking balls against the Braves, no it was way one hanging breaking balls. One no, hanging he breaking had a nineteen percent caught swinging percentage or something bad.
1: Look, it's I not don't just think Mitch White, I don't though. think you can risk it. I think you could
3: go get a guy, maybe not like a frontline guy, but maybe just a guy who can come in if need be. The rota- the rotation was great last year,
1: and they still went out and got Max Scherzer.
3: You had, was it great though? They kind of had a hole in that rotation for like the whole year. Like they, once Bauer went out, they had, they were going bullpen game after bullpen game.
1: Yes, but Urias and Bueller carried. And the, and, and we don't have Bueller this year.
3: Well, you got Gonsolin and you got Anderson. Right. I'm, all I'm saying is, is that if you
1: can pick up a starter, I would do it. This is my stance on
2: the Montes and Castillo situation. I don't love either of them, by the way. Yeah, me neither. I think they're both great, and they would definitely be frontline guys, but the issue is that the Reds and the Athletics are going to command a top five prospect, and I don't want to give up Ryan Pepio or Bobby Miller if it means that's the key to landing either of these pitchers. Right. I will politely say you can trade them to the Padres or the Blue Jays or whatever, because I don't think one or two years of either of those guys is going to ultimately make up for six plus great years out of Pepio and Miller, because I really do think both these guys are a year or two away from being impact front of the line starting pitchers. And obviously they come with a cheaper salary short term and either of them could easily become an ace. If they have to give up Andy Paget or Landon Knack or Clayton None Dieter, of those
3: guys I want to give up either. Or Mads, Mads Bruns, I'll do it. Absolutely not. You are not giving up Maddox Bruns. Under no circumstance are they going to do that either. Landon Knack is not young. I think you could call him up now and give him a shot in, in Major League Baseball. He, is, he has shown success at the minor league level. And I think as opposed to trading Bobby Miller or Pepio or Landon Knack, you let him pitch an MLB and see what happens. But Landon Knack is only in
2: double A right now, I think. And he only has like a year, barely over a year minor league
3: experience. It happens all the time. You see, you see uh, the White Sox dude was called up the same year he was drafted. The uh, he, he just got Tommy John, but Garrett Crochet. Is that a reliever though? Yes. Still well, in the major leagues. I, I don't think that's applicable because we're talking about starting pitchers. I mean, Landon Knack is 24 years old, okay? He's had he's had extensive experience uh, pitching in college. He has been solid in the minors this year. As If we're talking about trading him for a year or two of Montes, I'd rather just call him up and see what the fuck he can do in Major League Baseball.
2: But aren't we trying to win a World Series?
3: Look, it's not unheard of to, to call up guys straight from A. This re- regime of Dodgers uh leadership does not really ever do it but that's not to say that it can't work i mean
2: if we're talking future we have pepio miller probably stone eventually maybe you don't May, need to go you, don't... you can't have all these guys They
3: ha- you can have trade chips. you can never have enough starting pitchers
1: maybe you don't we're, we're you trading to... for a starting pitcher Maybe you don't need to go for a
3: frontline starter. That's what I'm saying. Maybe you go
1: for like a Kyle Hendricks or, you know, like a Zach Greinke or something like that. Zach
2: Greinke. But I thought we were talking about guys we want to start for us in the postseason. How are either of those giving you more comfort than what we currently have? I'm saying that
1: those guys have started big postseason games. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, like six years ago. Yeah, but that's that's more experience than I give credit for. Than for are like we Mitch really White. going
2: down Zach Greinke, who's like got a. You four. wanted you
1: wanted the Dodgers to sign
2: him in the offseason. Yeah, to eat innings. Not I'm talking. We're now we're talking look, guys who want to start I, postseason I, I'm not, games.
1: Look, I, <laughs> I'm not saying that Zach Greinke is like my number one choice. I was just bringing him up as a type of pitcher, a type of tier pitcher you could go and get because I think you need to stack up with arms. You do. But we exactly. have yeah, we have guys
2: in our system that can do that. This is the difference between making the playoffs comfortably and winning the World Series.
3: Well, look, look what happens with Max I don't trust what, Ma, with, with Max Scherzer I mean, last year. I mean, yeah. even if you get the top guy, he might not even be able to pitch for you. I mean, that's, uh, that's it's obviously
2: bullshit what happened with Scherzer, but let's not forget. He got us through the wildcard game. He got us through the Giants series. He pitched great in game two against the Braves. It all just fell apart at the very end. Well, look at you, I Darvish. They might not beat the giants without Scherzer.
3: Look at you, Darvish. Okay. You know, I... he pitched great in the NLDS. Uh, I think he pitched well in the NLCS. And then you go to the world series and he's, he's a complete shit show.
2: Yeah. And that happens, but they needed him to start because who are you going to start instead of you Darvish at the time? Brandon McCarthy, Walker Buehler, Walker Buehler wasn't ready in 2017. He was bad out of the bullpen because he wasn't developed yet.
3: Just saying it's not, that's not necessarily going to be the same thing for Bobby Miller, Landon Knack, Ryan Pepio. Okay. Of these we're not guys.
2: going Bobby Miller. He's got like nearly a five ERA and double A. Yeah. Ryan Pepio. I think they should call him up. He has looked pretty good as time has progressed which is why I'm saying they shouldn't trade him because I think he will be more valuable in the long run.
3: Whatever, man. If aliens got the death beam pointed at us and we need a starter in the World Series for Game 7 and nobody else is left, give me Mitch White. Oh, God.
2: I'll go Dustin May. Give me
3: Andre Iguodala. (laughs) (laughs) The whole Mitch White starting big games for us. Mitch White is good, Kevin. He is good. He has what it takes. He hasn't shown it yet. Yes, he has against the pirates cool no he's been very solid he just he makes one or two mistakes a game and it ends up hurting him well pretty he's relevant close. he's close just, though he's close he's been close they'll have
2: Dustin Glenn May Walker Buehler I'm hoping will be back I would love to see some type of combo tandem maybe Walker Buehler goes 4 innings Dustin May goes 3 innings and then, then they Mitchell got 2 the innings two. go with a uh, Hopefully Robertson and Kimbrell or something or Gratterall and
3: well Trinan should be
2: back by then. That's right, yeah Trinan, yeah that's the other thing we didn't even bring him up why they don't need to trade for
3: hopefully two relievers they got Blake Trinan coming back. Yeah, I well I, I kind of said it. we don't know exactly what we're gonna get from him so I still think I we need to trade. Of it. Yeah,
2: as long as you don't go off of his Instagram Trinan says he's gonna be back very soon
3: so <laughs> he seems like a man of good faith. He is. That's what he told us. He's all faith. He is literally channeled by faith. He's a vessel. He's the vessel. He is the vessel. We just had a, since we're on the
2: subject of trades, at young Jeremy18 on Twitter, besides the obvious trade candidates that we just talked about, is there any other guys you think the Dodgers should try to trade for? Yes, I have one. Yeah, I know. Who? Are you going to say Brand?
3: Oh. Just say it. No, no, no. I want you to know it's not who you think it is, but who oh. do you think it was? Brandon Drury, who everyone on well, Twitter is yeah, talking I would, about. I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'd be cool with that, but I, I'm thinking bigger. Josh Bell, Nationals, having a phenomenal season so far. He gives you what we expect from Max Muncie. He is performing how we expect Max Muncie to perform. You throw his left-handed bat into the lineup, would be a phenomenal acquisition. I would love that. The only issue
1: there is the fact that he's not versatile defensively, so he has to be a DH.
3: Yeah, that's okay. The like Dodgers said, don't
1: like that. I don't care.
2: Yeah, my guy is way versatile. It's Ian Happ. I don't think I've actually said all this. Does that podcast really move yet.
3: the needle though? Like, does that he's really got like do a anything?
2: Weighted runs created of like one thirties war over two. He plays center field. He can play second base. He can play third base.
1: He's and a he Dodgers. He's a Dodgers dream. And center field.
2: He has a five positive five defensive run saved. Well, and he's he has not going to one more year of control. So if Trey Turner walks in free agency, now you got Happ at second Lux at shortstop. And then of course Taylor can play some second and outfield. You got all these pieces you can move around. So
3: Josh Bell's hitting 311 with 46 RBIs and 887 OPS and 157 OPS plus. You stick him at DH and you platoon Max Muncie and Justin Turner at third base. I you mean, I wouldn't hate it, it. it,
2: but it's just it's so much of a log jam.
1: You have to play. You have He has to be your DH. You can't move that position around. Yeah. So he's your DH. But here's the thing that that's how we're able to have Will Smith have so many at bats is because.
3: He DHs when Austin Barnes catches. That's how you well, keep Will Smith's bat in the lineup. During the regular season, yeah. But in the playoffs, you're gonna be you're gonna be using Will Smith every day.
1: No, I understand that, but so you're taking Will Smith's bat out of the lineup when he doesn't catch, is my point.
3: Once every fifth day, yeah.
2: I just wish that the Nationals had some like pitchers worth trading for it to combine it with Josh Bell, because I don't think they do.
3: They don't really at all
2: <laughs> no. so bad. All right. This is a uh, dragged on a little longer than I expected. So let's get to the, like the main event here, the Dodgers and Padres finally meet up again, a four game series this time at Dodger stadium. The Dodgers took two of three against San Diego back in April. That feels like my, forever ago, it feels
3: like ever ago during my
2: birthday weekend. When I was in Las Vegas, the Dodgers only game they dropped was against you, Darvish. They beat Sean Manaya. They beat Nick Martinez. So let's just get a little uh, context here. The Padres are, like I said, a game and a half behind the Dodgers. Both teams have the same win total at 46 games, but the Padres have a few more losses. The pitching probables, Joe Musgrove, who had a bad start his last time out, takes on Mitch White. Blake Snell, who is 0-5 on the season with a 560 ERA, is taking on Tony Gonsolin. Hugh Darvish, with a 326 ERA, will take on Tyler Anderson. And then this will be kind of a cool matchup. The legend versus maybe the up-and-coming star, Mackenzie Gore, 334 ERA, taking on Clayton Kershaw, who looks to bounce back after a rough course Field outing. Kershaw rocking a 294 ERA on the season. First thing I want to just point out though is they got to beat Blake Snell finally. Last season he made five starts against the Dodgers. He went one and zero with a one ninety ERA, twenty nine strikeouts over twenty three and 23 two thirds innings. But Blake Snell, as a Padre during his career, is seven and eleven with a four fifty ERA and a one point three forty eight WHIP. So for whatever reason. He's great against the Dodgers and sucks against everyone
1: else. They don't just need to beat him. They need to shell him. They need to just destroy him like all the other teams are doing.
3: I have low expectations of that happening. For some reason, he just owns the Dodgers. He's just one of those guys. I I don't expect good things. The good thing is that Gonsolin will be pitching that game. So I think the Dodgers can just scratch by a couple runs on Snell and get into that God awful San Diego bullpen Uh, they'll have a good chance in that game.
2: Yeah, both these teams overall have good pitching staffs. Dodgers are third in baseball, 301 ERA. Padres are fifth, 348 ERA. Dodgers as a team hitting 252, while the Padres are hitting 242. Uh, Manny Machado, who is probably going to return for this series, has been out the last week or so with an ankle injury. Of
1: course, he's coming back for this. Leads
2: baseball in war at 4.3. Got 12 home runs on the season, 328 batting average. Jose Alfaro, who's like their catcher slash DH, had a great month of June, batting 313 with a 949 OPS. Jake Cronenworth woke up, 922 OPS with 10 doubles in June. University
3: of Michigan, Jake Cronenworth.
2: Nomar Mazzara, who they called up from the minors, 299 batting average in June. The resurgence of Nomar Mazzara. Yeah, what and the then, hell is that, dude? And then another resurgence of Luke Voigt with 22 runs driven in on the month. Padres overall, they went 16-12 and 12
1: during June. Um, no one crushes it, a ball like Luke Voigt. Guy just absolutely destroys baseballs. So, yeah, this is going to be a very uh, – it's going to be
2: a good series. I think the Dodgers take three or four. I still think the Padres are bad and I think their meltdown is coming. They just blew a six to nothing lead two days ago against the Arizona Diamondbacks. In like in typical, two innings, also. Yeah. Typical Padres fashion. Any any uh wacky predictions or how you think this shakes out?
3: I honestly don't know what to expect in the series. The Dodgers have been kind of bipolar recently. I don't know if the offense is going to show up. Those Padres pitchers that we're facing have given us trouble in the past. Musgrove is, is legit, if not the Cy Young front runner in the top two. Snell gives us problems. Darvish has given us problems. Uh, who is the fourth one? Mackenzie Gore, who has not faced the Dodgers. Right, uh, and he's been solid this year, left-handed, so could always give us problems. It's going to be a tough assignment for the offense, no doubt. I think the Dodgers pitchers will have a good series. I think the starters will pitch well. Uh, how many games they win the series is going to be dictated by the offense period.
1: I think the Dodgers are either going to split or take three or four. I don't think it's going to be a four game sweep either way. It would be nice if the Dodgers could just steamroll them, but like David was touching on, they've got a lot of tough pitchers that the Dodgers have not done particularly well against. And as we know with uh, new pitchers that come in or that, pitchers that haven't faced the Dodgers like Gore, they usually do pretty well um, for whatever reason. And he's left-handed, right? More. Yep. Yeah. Gore rather. Yep. Um, so that's, that's also a tough, tough assignment, but yeah, it's, it, it, you know, it's going to be about the offense. It, the offense will make or break this season for the Dodgers. It, the, they'll go as far as this offense can carry them It's the same thing last year. Um, pitching was King pitching is King again. So, yeah, I mean, that, that we're, we're going to know. The, the, the offense is going to have to put up some some runs and some crooked numbers. I think I'm going to ride the Will Smith wave and say he has a big
2: series. I think he's going to hit two home runs against the Padres. I think one of these games will be tightly contested, but like David pointed out, their bullpen has been pretty shaky. So probably in the Darvish start, I want to say, The Dodgers will make an epic comeback. Um, Let's see. Manny Machado still think he's he'll be a non-factor because he's coming off the injury and he didn't really do much against the Dodgers in the last series. I think the key is probably going to be containing Jake Cronenworth because in the past, that is a guy who's kind of torched the Dodgers. So has Hosmer kind of cooled off? Yes. Yes. He's cooled off. Will Myers has been irrelevant also forgot to mention that the Padres are like trying to be buyers and sellers this deadline. There's rumors floating around that they're trying to trade Blake Snell because they're not happy with him. I wonder
1: why. And they're still begging teams to take Eric Cosmer and Will yeah, Myers. If the Dodgers. If the Dodgers light up Snell, that could be it. Cause it's like, what, what do you have him on the team for other
3: than to shut the Dodgers down? So I'm going to call my shot here. I think Freddie Freeman has, if not a home run, two hits against Joe Musgrove tomorrow. I think Trey Turner is going to hit a home run off Blake Snell. And I think Will Smith will hit a home run against you, Darvish. Does wow. Trey
2: Turner go off so you on his think, so you think head off game?
3: The offense is going to show up. Well, I didn't say there'd be more offense than that. So I'm not proclaiming that. I think if there is offense, that's where it's going to come from in those games.
2: I'm going to say the Dodgers average five runs a game this series. Wow. So you do think the offense is coming to play. Padres team is bad. They've been skating by, being mediocre. They have not proven anything. their,
1: Their starting pitching is not fraudulent. No, it's not. It can be. Not against us. Yeah. <laughs> well, we got to Manaya.
2: Unfortunately, we don't get to face him this go around. Yeah. Where's Martinez? I think they
3: demoted him to the bullpen.
1: Yeah.
3: Damn. We're just bringing Craig Stam in every game. He is. He's a very comforting person to face. <laughs> they, they must
2: have like a six guy rotation. If they have, they have Clevenger too. So they must. They're rolling with a six man rotation. Just realize that. Didn't Clevenger just get put on the IL? No, no, he he's, he pitched today
3: oh yeah
2: okay so, so they, they have death feet. believe it or not the padres have depth and this
3: is all with denilson lamette being back. well that he's done it's over for him let's let's you know he's the he's the danny duffy of the padres except he actually pitched for them yeah that's true actually <laughs> yeah, he's
2: poor guy um yeah, I think that covers this series other than the Padres City Connect jerseys. Those oh, you want to
1: know today? my bold take? Okay. Yeah. Dave Roberts is getting ejected
3: in one of these games. That's not going to happen. That's a and really that's bold it's a, take. That's a bold take. That's, that's why. like a scorching hot take. I know. I want to Remember, see it.
2: The Padres City Connect uniforms are maybe the worst uniforms I've ever seen. Are they worse than ours? my entire life.
1: You should are look pretty bad.
2: Up. They're pretty bad. They look like a pajamas. You know, they're they're kind of like the Mexican flag color, except neon. So it's like blue, like this light teal on the sleeves, pink lettering, blue teal socks with pink thrown in there. The lettering of the last names is in like this weird gold. It's horrendous. And I don't understand. It's like Miami Vice meets... Um, it looks like like rocket ronald power. mcdonald
3: looks like a rocket power rocket
2: outfit power. rocket power yeah that that works too but yeah this is like miami the um, san
1: diego shoobies
3: yeah you know who's you know who also sucks who we didn't talk about is jerks and profar i hate that guy he's always given more, the Dodgers- than, more than trent grisham i think i do yeah because trent grisham no. is just like whatever but like jerks and far. remember when he gave kershaw that attitude when he like hit him and like it clearly wasn't on purpose with his like 500 ops like i'm not looking forward to facing pro as they like to call him the swag chain i don't know matt Beatty returns to la did he he already return to la he's on the il though oh is he
2: he's on the 60 day il with his like one hit all season well, I was looking forward
1: to his tearful press his conference.
3: <laughs> Beatty just sobbing at the just microphone. Sobbing. Goes out to the field, even though he's not starting for like a standing ovation. And
1: Eric Karos met me in the parking lot. <laughs>
2: <laughs> All right. I think that's about going to wrap up the show. Is there any
3: idiots or of the week or miscellaneous things that we didn't cover? Uh, I mean, we kind of already talked about the idiot of the week. I think it's just Doug Gottlieb for just what the hell are you doing, Doug? You're just kind of making up shit in my yeah, opinion. Yeah, that's a good one, actually. Uh, and then, you know, my, my secondary idiot of the week is Ben Verlander. First repeat idiot of the week. I guess it's a, you know, s- kind of second place, but still a repeat. He tweeted, just a hashtag, trade Freddie back to Atlanta. Just shut up, man. I don't even have to analyze this. Just, just shut up. We all want you to shut up. Just be quiet, Ben. It's over for you, dude. Just stop. Nobody takes you seriously. Nobody. Just stop. Let's he see. should just lean into it. I don't get why he doesn't just full on lean into like the whole "I'm Justin Verlander's brother." Thing. I feel like he does, though. Really? I mean, like he should just like go. I mean, would that make him more it. appealing? I don't think so. Yes, for me, it would. Really, I would I would respect him for that. No, I would I would respect that he acknowledges it and is just like, yeah, like I'm Justin Verlander's brother. You become a listener of flipping bats. No, I would not do go that far. But, um, <laughs> maybe if he slides in my DMs one more time, then maybe. That was That'd fucking. That was fucking weird. Do we have any Fourth of July takes? I feel like this is our
2: only opportunity to ever talk about Fourth of July.
1: Um, I, I mean, will say this though. And I, I discussed this with you. I think I discussed this with you guys at one point, but 4th of July made me think of fireworks. The best games to go to Dodger games are Friday nights. If you don't care that much about fireworks, you get out of there when the game's over and yeah. you get out of the stadium quicker than you've ever gotten out of the stadium. If you, if you parked, um, in, in the lot there, it, it I think is that, phenomenal. Didn't the game we go together, all three of yeah, us was so a Friday. Was, yeah, exactly. Yeah. we, we're, you know, it's sort of a collective thing with the group. It's you know, you kind of look around like, do you care about fireworks? Do you care about it? Yeah. No. And, and then everyone's like, no, I don't really care about it. Like, well, well, great, we're getting the hell out of here once once the game's over. While all the other people are like, oh, let's go in the field, like, which is probably cool cool idea. And I'm glad I don't you know have kids at the moment who would probably beg me to stay to watch the fireworks. So I I I that would be my my uh, insider tip for everyone. If they're looking to go to a Dodger game, Friday night's the night to do
3: it. Yeah, I mean, 4th of July, it's a, it's a great holiday. I mean, you just hang out by the pool, grill some burgers and dogs, and watch some baseball. I mean, I don't I don't really have any hot takes. It's a, it's a pretty sick holiday. Yeah,
2: I'm daughters will be playing the Rockies, who are coming to Los Angeles this go-around. Fireworks are awesome. Fourth of July music not so awesome in my opinion. They could definitely do better. What what is Fourth of July music? They always play Born in the USA, which is like such a snoozer. <laughs> Who's they? Who's they?
3: Any fireworks show. I mean, does that, Who cares? It's like one song. It's. What do you want them to just play the Star Spangled Banner? Like, what do you? What do you? They should be playing Rage Against the Machine. That'd be awesome.
2: All right. It's Real American culture, <laughs> okay. right there. That's why Jeff is awesome because he's got his Rage Against the Machine album cover and his like backdrop. Yeah. All right, Jeff. I'm gonna do my my final thoughts as this tweet that seemed to make a lot of people laugh and really piss a lot of other people off. My biggest Dodgers disappointments in the year 2022 so far. And this is in no particular order, so this isn't necessarily a ranking. This is just 10 things that disappoint me. So here we go. Justin Turner, Max Muncie, Cody Bellinger, Dave Roberts, challenge abilities, blowing leadoff runners on second base. And a couple people did point out where's the extra inning rule, extra innings. This includes it because that's how the, extra inning starts you get a runner on second base to lead it off so i'm tying that in craig kimbrell the dodgers medical staff (laughs) dodger dogs eric caros
3: and grit i added one too pretty solid list yeah if you listen to last week uh, we talked about bsb a little bit okay yeah we don't need to go he blocked me he blocked me that's all i want to say bsb if you're listening unblock me man I just want to list. I just want to read your, your panic tweets. Dodger dogs just continue to disappoint me, even though they made the change last season. They're just not good. I don't know what to say. Yeah, I was disappointed when we went there. They're not as good as they used to be. You were right. And Kevin. no onions. Yeah, what the hell was that? Sarah Chain. What is the best piece of meat?
2: That's our, that's my 4th of July question.
3: Like a specific cut of meat. Yep. I mean, you can't really go wrong with fillets. So I would probably go with that. But if you're going for like a 4th of July where you're cooking for not just like a small group of people, skirt steak is where you want to be. Skirt steak. Easy Easy to cook. Still good. Can cook it in mass quantities. Not going to break the bank. I mean, uh, you know, burgers and dogs guy. Come on. Like, let's, you know, let's fire (laughs) up the grill. I I agree with that. But he asked like specific cut. So I was like, burgers is burgers will count. It's ground. Well, yes, I'm cooking burgers and hot dogs on 4th of July. But if I was cooking beef, no, I'm, I'm just saying like, if he wants to say burgers is his
2: favorite meat, then that's fine. I'll accept it okay good i'm you're a, gonna
3: have
1: to
2: i'm a
3: brisket guy so good it's not that easy
2: That's not
3: that simple to cook though
2: we're not talking about cooking i said favorite piece of meat
3: all right all right sure enough
2: <laughs> you can have it all kinds of holidays with brisket and it's just bomb all right we've been we've been going on far too long is yeah. there anything else to cover nope nope <laughs> all right Everyone, I hope you have a wonderful 4th of July. The Dodgers are going to kick the Padres' ass. I guarantee it. And go crazy, folks. Go crazy. We're signing off. Subscribe to the Incline Dodgers. Give us a five-star rating. This was probably like a four-star rating episode. But that's because we're up late and we're crazy.
0: So that's
2: it. Good night.